This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So today is extra special because it's not every day that you get to talk to a legend like this. Today's guest has worked on screen, on stage, done some voice acting for video games you may know, but we're talking to her today because today's guest, Anjali Bamani, is Aunt Ruby from Miss Marvel. Anjali, welcome to Friends from Work. Let's go. Thank you so much. I uh, I need you to come with me everywhere. You You make me sound so fancy. I'd love it. It's very easy. And here's the thing. Uh, our relationship goes way, 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 way back. Way back, like so far. So, so, so far. All the way to the Thor Love and Thunder premiere. Exactly. <laughs> was that the first Marvel Studios premiere you've ever been to? And either way, what was that experience like for you? No, uh, uh, I, luckily, so I think the first one I went to was Moon Knight. Then we had Doctor Strange. And then... Um, uh, oh God, what am I forgetting? Moon Knight, Doctor Strange. Was ours next? Ours and then Thor. That's right. So Ms. Marvel was right there in the middle. I don't want to forget ours. Um, what was that experience like? It was freaking fantastic. I mean, look, they, it, the, one of the many things that I love about what Marvel does is they really do focus on their community as much as possible at these premieres. So as soon as you step out of the car, you're getting to engage with all these cosplayers and all these wonderful, and I love cosplay. I'm a total sucker for cosplay. I love doing it. I love watching it. I just think it's fantastic. And um, so you really get to connect with that energy as soon as you walk in. So any kind of nervousness that anybody might have, uh, you know, if they, if they were nervous to talk to press or whatever, I feel like would be completely dispelled because you're connecting with all these folks mm. right away. And it's so much fun. So, and the movie was ridiculous fun. Yeah, so much fun. The yeah. amount of cosplayers did stand out to me because we've never gone before and you get in that first red carpet window and there's a whole bunch of them. There's like a hundred people. It's up so there. fun, right? That's the energy really? for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so let's get the big one out of the way here, just right off the top. Okay. When did you find out that Kamala was going to be a mutant, which is obviously making all the shocking rounds right now across? I mean, the you could have said spoiler alert. Well, well, by the time people have hopefully seen this by now. <laughs> But um, when did I find out? And, uh, and how much is how much secrecy is there around something like that throughout the whole time that you're filming? So this will tell you a little bit about both. I mean, this will answer both questions. I found out when all you found out. Wow. Yeah. The wonderful thing, one of, one of the many wonderful things as a lover of all things gaming and comics and Marvel and DC, all of the things, um, is that... 
because of the secrecy that is kept or the level, just the level of, of um, confidentiality that is kept on set, there is, it's very much a need to know basis situation. Mm. So um, normally if I do a show, it's kind of spoiled for me because I know what's going on in it. And then I know the whole script. And if it's something that I love, then I'm like, oh, well, I guess I know what's happening in season three. Great. Mm -hmm. But this one, I could watch it as much as everybody else as a fan. And, and it, it was such a special experience to do it that way because, you know, it's the first time I knew that this was going to be a really special experience for so many people to watch. Um, and I was excited to be a part of it and, and bring it to the world. But then what I didn't expect was that I was going to get the same joy as a viewer. Mm. I was going to be able to watch it as a fan, that I was going to be able to watch it as a person who identified with so many different aspects of the show. I was I, I was blown away by things that I didn't know were happening on the mm -hmm. series. And it's just a testament to how carefully they weave their stories and how carefully they let out information to people. Like some people are like, well, it's too much with NDAs, but with I, I'm really glad for the amount of confidentiality that they keep on these. Cause I think it's important when mm. you're, when you're hearing a story for the first time to not know what's going to happen. Yes. We pride ourselves in trying not to spoil anything ahead of time because yeah, it makes a huge difference. Right. That's we're, why they're called spoilers. You're spoiling it for people. We're two <laughs> of those people that don't watch anything usually ahead of time. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of the different directions and weaving it all together, this show had multiple directors. What's it like to work on a show with the same cast mainly, but having the directors swap out? Is that a tangible difference? So it's actually something that is more common than you think on television shows, because more often, particularly long running TV shows, they will have different directors throughout the season and the cast remains the same and the creative team remains the same. Mm -hmm. So every director is, is putting their own flair on it, but all of them are living in the world of the story. Now this one, we had the incredible, the wonderful luck of having these three sets of directors, you know, Bilal and Adil and then Charmin and then Mira, you know, having people who learned about the story, talked about it together, kind of had this unified vision of it, but at the same time, if you go back and watch which episodes were directed by whom, you can set, you can sort of tell what mm -hmm. their, their personal stamp, um, which I think is a really lovely thing artistically. Hmm. And what's it like as an actor? Like, you, if you trust your director, it's 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 just more fun. It's just more people. Like more, the more the merrier. Um, and and I really love that. I love <laughs> one of my favorite things about this business is how many people that I get to meet, how many cool people I get to meet. Oh, by the way, same for us. Every time we've gotten a chance to talk to someone from people behind the scenes, we're blown away by A, how friendly they all are, and B, how much they talk about how friendly the other people they're working with are. You know, it's it's not to get too far off course, but, I, I, you know, when you hear things like, oh, never meet your heroes, I have never had that experience. Mm. Maybe it's because my hero, maybe I've lucked out that my heroes are, or the people that I admire the most are people who are genuinely kind people. But I really do feel like, the most talented and prolific people understand that they, they are not everything, that they are a part of the story, that they are a part of a movie, even if they're the one putting the butts in the seats. Mm. You know, there's a certain level of like, of course I'm going to be personable. Why would I not be personable? You know, there's a level of understanding. There's a level of, I want to make other people comfortable, particularly if they're new coming to set. I want to help people. I want to help people feel like they are part of this so they can do their best work or out in the world, why would you want to blow out someone's candle when you meet them? Right. 
It's just, right. it makes no sense to me. So I'm glad to hear that that's your experience too. It has been. Yeah. We've loved that part. Um, so take me through everything that goes through your brain with the accent. Cause obviously I'm talking to you now, you're not using the same accent. Where does that come from? How easy is it to get into that? Just the inspiration behind it. It's ridiculously easy because I grew up with an Indian family. My family is Indian and all of my aunties are Indian. And so everybody's a first, you know, I'm first generation born here, but growing up, I was surrounded by, you know, and, and look there, obviously an accent isn't the entirety of someone's voice. There's the personality behind it. There's the accent. There's a personality behind it. There's the tone, there's the speed. There are all these different things that you can break up. So what I, I love about, doing Auntie Ruby's voice and, and bringing her to life is that I think she's the most like the auntie I want to be. Mm. If I were, you know, if I, if, if I, if Kamala were my niece, this is who I would want to be for her. Mm. Um, and uh, so that one came very, very easily to me because it's probably the closest to me. Um, but then when I'm doing other roles, you know, depending on the gravitas of a character, depending on are they a good guy, are they a bad guy, you know, if it's if things are being if the story is being told that way, obviously, there's going to be a different tone to it. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there are regional differences, mm. uh, you know, that will that will be there, you know, someone who is British educated as opposed to someone who is American educated, mm. you know, things like that. I love that. Uh, you had one of our favorite lines in the finale with the quick TikTok video of it's going to be really <laughs> difficult for her to find a husband. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with those. They was, those were really, really fun to shoot because we, we, they gave us ideas and a couple of like little scripts, but then they just let us play. Well, uh, that was my question. Was it real yeah. or was it improv? Because Yeah, the ideas, I think it was mostly let us play. You know, let us come up with the ideas and maybe they would write something and then we could go around, sort of create around it. Yeah, um, so good. It's a perfect tie into the earlier vibes too, you know, from the Yeah, first. exactly, exactly. No, and I love that that's where Auntie Ruby is. I mean, there was there was more to that that I, if you would have heard it, you might have loved Auntie Ruby even more. She really cares. <laughs> she really cares. Yeah. Like she doesn't judge because she doesn't care. She actually cares. She wants this to be good for, for, for this girl. Sure. Yeah, so, sure. She's still looking out for her best interest. She's looking out for everyone. She just happens to be in everybody's business because she thinks she knows better. No specific question here, but just talk to me in general about your cast, your cast members. Uh, I want to hear about them. I'm in love with them. Like, uh, you know, it's what was super fun is that because, again, because of the confidentiality, I didn't know who was going to be there on set. Turned out that two of my friends were already a part of the show, Saga, who plays Amir, and Alicia Reiner, who plays that super evil, uh, uh, what's a damage control agent. Um, and, and she's so the opposite of that in real life, which is what's crazy about that. But um, so that was exciting to get to be connecting with, with dear friends. But I mean, I... Everybody from the moment I met them, so welcoming, so loving, so excited to be there. I remember uh, the first chance I had to sit down with Iman and really talk with her about things when we, it was when we were shooting the, uh, the wedding, the wedding scene. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, are you, uh, you know, tell me what this experience has been like for you. Are you, and talking to her was like talking to a younger me, only she's way cooler. And <laughs> I just, again, I can't, I cannot say, I cannot say enough. I love all of these. I was about to say kids, but yeah, kids, um, you know, Matt, we had so much fun. Yasmin, we still hang out all the time. It's, and they are so tight. 
the, the young cast members, because they went through something really big together. Yeah. And when you have that experience together, it's a very bonding thing. Life changing. But, but also, it's not just the cast, it was the creative team, too. Mm. You know, Sana, who's our executive producer, who was always also one of the creators of the, the comic book, like uh, spending so much time trying to, you know, make sure that this is the the show that she wants out there and that the whole creative team is out there. I felt like there was a lovely connection and dialogue that we got to have off screen. Mm. Um, and and surprisingly, the uh, like, I don't know, day players and extras that I got to because we did a lot of group scenes. I had a great time meeting them. <laughs> Our table of Illuminantes was like a bunch of <laughs> just like a bunch of awesome women. And so uh, so I was really thrilled. I was really thrilled to meet them, too. We have a lot of things that we loved about Miss Marvel, but truly that interpersonal dynamic there between Kamala, her family, the yeah. cast, that is where I think the show shines. And so I just wanted to hear a little bit more about them because that's our favorite. Yeah, part. I mean, I, I say this often when talking about the business in general, a lot gets dictated on a set by the energy of the person who's number one on the call sheet, who's your lead or number one, mm. who's one or two at the, at the most. And because Iman herself came in with this very um, humble level kind, like there was this, I, I felt like she set this tone for there, there is no big star. Hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and having that set the tone where everybody wanted to support her and everybody wanted to support the story and yeah. everyone wanted to support each other. We all knew how lucky we were to be telling this particular story because an entire swath of people who maybe had no interest in the stories that we would be unfolding here because they're a history that they've never learned about. Hmm. Um, we were able to reach them because, and again, these are things that don't show up in the history books in the West. We were able to reach them and tell that, story as well as the story of Ms. Marvel because it's Marvel. Right. And that's, gosh, admittedly a huge failure of mine is when we got to the partition stuff, I, I literally said in the podcast, like, I'm going to do more research into the partition because growing up in Michigan, like I it's didn't not learn a a failure. It. No, it's not a failure on your part. I would say it's a failure on the part of the educational system, but um, you know, I, I, everything I know from partition didn't happen in school. Mm. I don't even remember talking about it in school. If it was in any history books, it was probably like one line. Sure. Right. But for every South Asian family there, you know, there are stories about it. Like, and like they, you know, like Amir says in the, on the show, every Pakistani family has a partition story and none of them are good. Well, and how cool to have a show now that's educating people that way. Yeah. A show about a, a, a superhero girl to be the one to educate us. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's why I think it, we're able to educate a whole new audience um, because they didn't know it was coming. But right. it's vital to the story. It's so vital to the story. And it's vital to her reconnection with her family on a whole different level. Mm -hmm. so understanding where everybody came from. Understanding the levels of, yes, her mother judges her and is a little bit strict. But then her mother's mother talks to her that way you know, talks to her mother that way. And you see the dynamics as they go down the generations and how everybody reconnects over this important story that happens. And uh, yeah, no, I think it's really, really cool how they uh, sort of adapted the comic books to add that history, because I think it's a layer of the story that, that makes it more than just about 
she's cool and she turned into a superhero. Right, right. right. Something so much deeper and a deeper connection. You know, and the way she comes up with the name or the way she finds the the name for her, her hero name is so beautiful. The the best scene, the best scene. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so good. And both of those, uh, Mohan Kapoor is just the sweetest man. And by the way, is that true in Urdu? Does it mean that? That's what I was trying to figure uh, out. Or is that means, I, I don't speak Urdu, but I but from what I can tell, it means something like fantastical, like supreme. Um, um, so yeah, so uh, so it does. I mean, it does it absolutely does work? They didn't just make it up. They yeah. wouldn't just make it up. We cried. It was that that yeah, part. that that good. Yeah. Uh, off subject for a quick second, and then we'll do a rapid fire to get you out of here, okay? Uh, you voiced two characters in some massive video games. <laughs> Symmetra from Overwatch and then Rampart in Apex Legends. What is that like? How different is voice acting for a video game from regular acting, from stage yeah. acting? Um, it's all acting, first of all. So, sure. you know, when people call it voice acting versus acting, it's a little bit like it's still acting. Um, the most important thing as a voice actor to get you in the room is you got to be a good actor. Um, but you are, you know, using a little bit, the, the world is seeing a little bit less of you. So you're definitely funneling things a different way. I mean, I, I love it. Look, I, I say this all the time. I'll pay, I will do any form of storytelling that's legal because I love doing it, you know? So whatever, whatever works. And this is just another branch of the tree of getting to be a storyteller. I do love that you can um, you can push the boundaries a little bit more of who you can be and who you can play because mm-hmm. you're not limited by your own physicality. You're not limited by your gender. You're not limited by your race. You're not limited by your, you know any of those things. And so mm-hmm. there's a freedom to it that is really lovely. Um, and there's a collaboration that happens. You know, even though it's you generally you alone in the booth and you know, the session director and maybe the writer who's writing your lines, you know, it's not, it's not like a gazillion people in the room with you. There's a level of collaboration that happens to create that character in the beginning that is really exciting. Mm. It's really, really fun. And it's really, really exciting. And both teams, I've had so much fun with both teams. I had, I had much less of an idea what I was getting into when Overwatch happened. Mm. By Apex, I was like, okay, I know I'm prepared um, I have, I was not prepared. I don't think anyone was prepared for the uh, success of Overwatch. And, uh, I mean, I think people knew it was going to be awesome because Blizzard doesn't do bad games, but, uh, I, I, I don't think any of us were prepared for the love that people would have for it. And I'm so grateful for it. Do you game it all yourself? And have, have you played those? Have you played yourself ever basically? Yes, 100%. Happen? So I do game. I'm terrible at first person shooters. Okay. Oh, I'm okay. Hop on war zone with me. Dang it. Oh, okay. God, I'm so, no, I'm so bad at them. I somehow, I just did not get that gene. And um, so I prefer RPGs or story games, things sure. like that. Um, but I have played Overwatch. I mostly play as Symmetra because I felt like it was my duty to learn how to play with her. Of course, you know, since they've changed her a few times, like every time I come back, I'll, there's a little bit of a learning curve again. But um, and occasionally I'll play as other characters just because I want to hear my friends' voices. Yeah, that's. Like, Darren DePaul has the most is like has the most joyful voice, and he has so incredible as Reinhardt. So sometimes I'll play Reinhardt just to hear him and try to try to just survive just long enough to hear him. <laughs> you know, that's all I need to do. Apex, I haven't. I'm so bad at Apex, I can't get past the training module. And I've tried, but I still like. I there just that console situation. It's the only thing that makes me feel like, man, maybe I'll stick with tabletop gaming and I'll stick with. My RPG. I do do a lot of table, tabletop gaming too. Okay. A lot of, of role playing games that way. 
you can uh, at least look up gameplay, I'm sure, of Rampart somewhere and hear yourself. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. I mean, I totally know what she does and what she's capable of. Like, I'm be a great backseat driver. Uh, <laughs> it's just a matter There's of no me actually it. having, yeah, it's me actually having the skill to do it. I keep joking that I should get on a stream with one of my friends who actually can play it and just be the backseat driver because that's, that's the only way I could stream. I love it. Okay, rapid fire, Miss Marvel, to get you out of here. Okay, ready? Okay. Boom, here we go. All right, I'm ready. Favorite thing about working on Miss Marvel? The cast. I mean, the, the people, the people. Okay, most surprising thing about working on Miss Marvel? What caught you by surprise? Anything? The, the level of joy it would give me to feel what it was like to step into these sets that were so authentically a part of my upbringing, whether it was the wedding, whether it was the Eid celebration, whether it was the, going to the house for the Mindy, everything felt like when you walk into the Khan's house on set, it feels like a South Asian home. Mm. And I wasn't prepared for that to hit me as hard as it did um, because every, everything on that set looked like, yeah, okay, this could have been in our home. Oh gosh, I love that. Okay, uh, most memorable moment on set? Gosh, there are so many. I, I think um, it's not so much a moment as when we were shooting the, the wedding party. Mm. I had so much fun shooting the dance and then shooting the, the scenes after that and getting to improvise through, through those scenes after that as, as we were all like fleeing. But that dance was like, that was just so much joy. So much joy to shoot. I actually, I do remember, I take one, I take it back. It's one of my moments of pride and joy. So I remember when we were rehearsing the scene with the Illuminantes mm -hmm. and they're all talking about what they think that Kamala's uh, grandmother did. And I come in with, I heard she killed a man and we were just rehearsing <laughs> it and we were doing it. We were just doing it together. And as soon as I said, well, I heard she killed a man. And the director at, was, was Mira at the time. And Mira just goes, oh, God, Angelina. Like, like I made. I guess she liked the way I delivered it, so I appreciated. It. it was that moment of like, "Yay, I did good!" So I very much appreciated that. And it's a great moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, what character in the show would you most like to get lunch with? Not the actor, the actual character. Huh. Lunch. Who do I want to get lunch with? Probably Nakia, which is cool because I actually love to have you know, brunch and lunch with Yasmin, but she's such a, she's so like such a strong, yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful, composed. Like she seems like she'd be super fun, but super on point. Like when I talked with her, she, she, we'd be ready to conquer the world by the end of that conversation and like have a great time at dance class. She's just wow. a really cool, really, really, really cool gal. By the way, just really quick, rewinding to the previous question with the wedding answer. Uh, I'm assuming that's also pretty culturally authentic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like even the little things like the little games that you play before the wedding, like when uh, when at the Mindy ceremony, when they're at the house and and Amir's yeah, like, you didn't show all my shoes because you do the 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 bride's family is supposed to steal the shoes of the groom. Mm. All of them. OK, fine. But that's a little thing. Um, so, yeah, no, that would that all felt very, 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 very uh, accurate. How fun is that? OK, how much of the plot slash script did you know ahead of time? Like how much do you get? I knew like 0 0.001, literally lines. need to know basis. Occasionally I would know my lines. Okay. Like, um, I, I generally speaking did not know what was happening in a scene until someone told me, like actually told me, told me. Right. Um, so if there were lines to learn, I definitely learned the lines, but then we got on set and got a sense of what, what was actually happening. And I, I, I'm sure that for 
the lead characters was a whole different experience. They probably got the whole script and everything. But um, but in this particular instance, I was it was super fun not to have that information because then you're like, okay, we well, you got no choice but to go on on set and play. Hmm. There's no nervousness. There's no reason to be nervous because you're going on with no you know no idea what's happening and you get to think on your feet. And I love doing that. Two last questions. What is your favorite non Miss Marvel MCU entry? God. Oh God, that I can't pick one. You have Why to. would you do that to me? Can I combine uh, um, combine Endgame and Infinity War? Oh, we do all we do all the time. <laughs> I was say either it's uh, movies. I'd probably say that just in terms of the satisfaction of it. Yeah, because you'll never forget where you were when the credits rolled in Infinity War, and you were like sitting there and stunned. Oh yeah, no, I'll never forget where I'm like I'm just scared and depressed right now. I was not yeah. prepared. Um, but also, uh, I. I fell in love with WandaVision. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was not, I was not expecting it. I didn't know what to expect. And I was not expecting that. Episode stuff. Are you kidding me? And I love the fact that it's Elizabeth Olsen because she had a whole show that she did. Not only is she unbelievable in everything, but she had another show that she did called sorry for her loss, which was an exploration of grief. And she is just like, so she's so, Oh, she's just, Incredible. Not to mention she grew up on sitcoms, which is wild, right? Yeah, like you're a fan. Right. Just, yeah. You're talking yeah. to the right person when you answer those three projects. I love that. Okay, last question. If you could play anybody else in the MCU, what other character would you want to play? Mm-hmm. Or you think like, hey, I would do great at that role. Either if it's something that's already aired or like in the future, there's a character you think would be cool. It is going to be so out of left field what I'm about to say. Um, and it's not really so much the MCU as the Marvel universe. Okay. 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 Because it's, it's a mutant. It's not MCU. Okay. But well, yet, yet. Yet. Right. Yes. I would love, and it's physically impossible for such obvious reasons, but I would love to just feel what it's like to be Wolverine. <laughs> like, yeah. like to be Hugh Jackman, to be that like, first of all, jacked and gorgeous, but also to like, that, I love the, the the graveliness. I love the darkness of that character. I loved him from the comic books all the way on. Um, and I, I'm always, you know, I, I, I'm always partial to superheroes that have dark sides that they are contending with much more than, than you know, heroes that have got it all together. Because I don't think any one of us has it all together. So it's hard to identify with those. Sure. Um, but I feel like that would just be, it, I mean, I'd, I'd want to be Hugh Jackman for a day and I'd want to be both <laughs> to be both of those to be both of those things would be amazing. I love that answer. He's kind of like the perfection, right? <laughs> it's like he's, yeah, he's, like, he's literally like he he is Chris Hemsworth is like these yes, people who are right. just like you're it's not fair. You're gorgeous. You're talented and you're kind and fun to be I around. He's like super oh, nice. And yet he plays this character. that's like super, super nice. And Hemsworth, Hemsworth the same way. I, I arm wrestled Chris Hemsworth in Australia. It's just like, it was, it was super, super fun, sweet people who are super down to earth and lovely. Um, it's just, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I love the answers. Okay. So getting you out on this, is there anything else you want to tell us about? Like what else is going on in your yeah. life? What's coming up? In touch with you? 
Um, uh, well, people can stay in touch with me by finding me on all of the socials. Okay. Um, my uh, my handle is Sweet Ange, S-W, but then there's three E's because I'm such a spelling rebel. S-W-E-E-E-T-A-N-J. That's on almost all the places on Facebook. I'm just my name. Okay. Um, and as for things that are coming up, and most of the things I'm not allowed to talk about, yay okay. NDAs, but one thing I can talk about that I'm so excited about is um, my book, I Am Fun Size and So Are You, is going to be... Uh, published in wide release, uh, ebook and audiobook at the end of August, and then about ten days later, the paperback will be out and available. And I'm that book really started. Uh, it was based on a web series that I started as a love letter to the gaming community because mm. they're so lovely and generous with themselves and their art and their kindness. And so many of them would write DMs asking about things in their personal life. And I don't feel, you know, I'm not a doctor. I just play them on TV. So I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable answering them in particular, but what I do feel comfortable sharing is my own experiences. And if those can help anyone, even if they're cringy, like I want to share those experiences so that, so that people maybe don't feel so alone. So uh, that was what the series was about. And then that is what the book is about. And so I'm really excited for that. Gosh, that's so cool. You said August, is that right? August 29th, I think, is uh, is the day that the ebook and the audiobook are coming out. And then I think September 9th is the uh, is the paperback. And I ran a Kickstarter for it and everyone was amazing. And it was just like just a, it just it just writing the book, recording the book and actually sharing the book with people so far has been nothing but a validation of the very thing that I wrote in the book, which is that no matter what, who, you're unique and your path is unique, but you are never alone. There is always mm. an army of people out there just waiting to be there for you. And, uh, and that this whole experience has really, you know, proven that to me even more. Well, I, I need to go get a copy and our listeners all need to go get a copy, obviously. Sure, come join us at the end of August. Uh, you are now, a lifelong friend from work now that you're on Yay, the show. No, we no. did it. You are welcome back anytime. Just know that. I, 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 be careful what you wish for. Hey, we'll have your <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure, and I know our listeners are going to love you. So appreciate all the time. Excellent work on Miss Marvel. Can't thank wait to see what you have going on in the future. So thank you. Thank you so much. You take care.